0: Hi, it's David Woodwell. Another episode of Pennsylvania Legacies, Pennsylvania Environmental Council podcast. And today with us is Elena Met, who is currently an undergraduate at Denison University in Ohio, Pittsburgher, who was headed out that way. Graduate of Fox Chapel High School and we to talk a little bit today about the future and what gets one into this and everything else. So, Lance, thank you for doing this. Thank
1: you so much for having me. Our
0: pleasure. So, you are also currently doing an internship at the Audubon Society of Western Pennsylvania.
1: I am. I'm one of the summer interns, when basically what we're doing now is we're in the preparation stages of summer camp, which I love, because I was a summer camper at one point in my life, so it's really exciting to be in charge of it. Yeah.
0: So, why are you doing that,
1: Well, I could not imagine not doing it. I went to Beechwood Farms camp for two or three years when I was in elementary school, and I just remember looking at my counselors and saying, that's absolutely incredible. They get to spend every day outside running around, getting dirty with kids. Like, what could be better? So when I went off to school, I went on Audubon's website and saw the internship application, and I was like, I gotta do this.
0: So, you were one of those kids running around outside getting dirty and enjoying it? Oh,
1: absolutely. I'm still one of those kids who's <laughs> running around getting dirty.
0: What got you in? I mean, when, do, when were you first doing that? What got you going with that?
1: My parents have been taking me outside since probably before I could walk. Uh, I used to live in Squirrel Hill, so right by Frick Park, and my mom always tells stories about how we went to Bump in the Night and citizen science, looking for monarch caterpillars and things like that. I mean, I just I've always been outside. It's just it's what I do. And
0: the opportunities for that have always been there.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm so so fortunate where I live in Fox Chapel because I I literally live within walking distance of Beechwood Farms, and we. have a really nice backyard in my house so for me being able to be outside has always been an opportunity it's never been a hassle to get outside
0: do you think that's unusual I
1: do think that's unusual. I think for people who live in suburban areas, it's easier to get outside because we do have more space. I think if you're someone who lives in the city where you might not necessarily be exposed to the outdoors, it's probably harder to get outside. Also, there's definitely an economic factor that plays in it. So these programs, a lot of them are, they cost a little bit of money. I mean, it's not a lot, but, you know, if you're a city kid and your parents work all day, you have no way to get out. Outside and you don't have money for yourself to be able to pay for them so I definitely think it's an unusual situation I'm so fortunate
0: so what are you doing in college these days
1: uh, I just finished my first year at Denison University which is very exciting and I'm an environmental studies and sociology and anthropology double major and Denison's environment department just underwent some changes and so I'm also thinking of adding a concentration in environmental decision-making
0: what is environmental decision-making?
1: That's a really great question. <laughs> environmental decision-making is basically a accumulation of a lot of classes surrounding environmental uh, ethics and politics, as well as environmental psychology and economics. So it would prepare me to go into a field like environmental education or environmental law, something where I'm taking the upper hand in environmental issues.
0: All right, so you are a generation that has been saddled with a whole lot of potentially negative legacies and a lot of very positive legacies. So you've got things from, in Pennsylvania, two and a half million acres of state land between parks and forests. You've got the national park system. You've got a system of sometimes Byzantine environmental laws and regulations. And you've got things from brownfields to abandoned wells and... Coal mines, abandoned mine drainage, air pollution, all these things. When you look at that, are you mad at us?
1: A little. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's hard not to be upset, especially with the, the knowledge that we have now looking at a lot of the abandoned fields and acid mine drainage and things like that. Just like, how could you not know what the damage you were causing? But, I mean, who knows? Maybe in 30 years... Next generation is going to be saying that about us. How did you not know that it wasn't okay to keep cats outside because they're killing songbirds, you know? It's just like while I can be upset about it, I'd rather focus on making improvements and realizing that every generation has good things to offer.
0: So do you guys get into – when you're talking about your environmental decision-making and everything else, do you get into questions of how do you balance – the benefits of plastics with the contamination of plastics. The benefits of you know natural gas with the impacts of drilling and everything. Do you have discussions oh, about that? Oh,
1: absolutely. One of the environmental studies classes I took this year was actually it's called People in the Environment, and it's basically an introduction to environmental ethics. So we had an entire textbook that was based on issues like that. Plastics—they could be the future, but they're also causing incredible levels of contamination. Where do you find the balance? And I don't think that there's necessarily a right or wrong side for either of those. I think it's completely up to the individual, and it's just about having the knowledge to make your own decisions on those issues.
0: So, what do you want to do with this?
1: Yeah, I don't really know yet. I mean, I love being a featured and I love working outside, so environmental education would be really cool. I'm also really interested in being able to make a change in some of these environmental justice issues. And I think one of the ways that I could do that would be through law. So I'm just keeping my options open right now.
0: What's You just opened a big can of worms. (laughs) What's environmental justice mean to you? It's It's a hard topic. It
1: is a hard topic. When I think of environmental justice, I think of environmental issues that are particularly surrounding people. So a good example of that would be, um, there are a lot of factories that have exo- like toxic exhaust fumes and just in their processes to make whatever they make they release a lot of toxics into the air into the water and so on and so forth and what these companies do a lot of times is they'll build their factories in low income areas where the citizens who live there don't have they don't have the means to defend themselves against it so I mean, that's that's obviously not fair. Everyone deserves the right to clean air. Everyone deserves the right to clean water. So I think environmental justice is dealing with things like that, not letting the big fish completely devour the little fish.
0: Yeah, because I think there are a couple arguments to come back on that one. One is that the regulatory programs that are out there basically say it's not illegal to, to pollute, to contaminate. No, yeah,
1: that's correct. It's yeah, not illegal, it the, yeah.
0: But there was also one of the first environmental justice things I got involved in, this was 20 years ago, was a community where people were saying, we're saying, don't put this incinerator here. But the community actually said, we want it. It's jobs. It's the first economic development we've seen in a while. And so there's, it's, it's a very difficult thing to talk about justice and equality and everything. And I admire you guys for taking it on. I mean, it's a a can of worms that Pennsylvania is facing right now as well. So what do you do next? What's next year for classes? And how does this whole thing work?
1: Next year for classes, uh, I have one class that's called Environmental Politics and Policy. So it's just delving deeper into environmental justice issues and learning about the legislation behind it and where the legislation is going. And I'm also taking a class on international politics. So I can kind of get a very broad overview of some of the issues facing other areas in the world. because obviously there are many issues plaguing the United States with environmental problems, but it's happening elsewhere. And I think it's just good to have knowledge of everything that's happening. Mm,
0: okay. i me do the, I'm going to do the Pollyanna thing. Okay. Cause you talk about the problems. I mean, do you see movement forward too?
1: I do and see things absolutely. happening. Oh, absolutely. What kind of stuff? Well, France, for example, just banned the use of plastic bags in their country. Yeah. And so that's, that's a huge step forward. I mean, who would have thought 20 years ago that anyone would, ban plastic bags that's just that's ridiculous uh so there there are people making progress and also with the schools um I know when I went through Fox Chapel we had really great environmental education opportunities but just being an intern at Beachwood this year I'm seeing so many more things that these kids are getting to do like the middle school just planted a garden and the elementary school kids are coding and they're working with the parks in that way so I think as technology kind of develops and we start to have more awareness of these environmental problems, yeah, there's there's definitely progress.
0: All right, so talk to, I was gonna to go to technology. Mm-hmm. Social media. Are you part of a whole lot of social media talking about these issues? Or is you know how so how did social media and technology fit into what you plan to do?
1: Uh, I think social media and technology, they obviously have their upsides, but I think they can also be dangerous because, I mean, I'll just use Facebook as an example. I know so many people on Facebook who see a problem and they just go out and rant about it and then they never actually do anything. And while it's great that they have an opinion, I'm not saying that it's not important for people to have opinions, but it's more important to be actually going out and doing things. So if social media is being used to say, hey, look at the progress that we've made, and we invite you to come out with us, that's absolutely incredible. But if we're just using it to make these broad statements and then kind of leaving them be, then it's a problem.
0: Why'd you pick Denison?
1: I originally, when I went into the college process, I knew that I wanted a liberal arts education. I knew that I wanted to learn as many things as I could learn, and I also knew that I wanted to be in a more rural area because um, I I don't see a need to be crammed in a city and crammed in dorm buildings with pavement around me. So, Denison actually has a 350-acre biological reserve within walking distance of our campus, and so that was a big factor for me. We also have something called the homestead, which is a communal living space. And students, they live about a mile off campus. They built their own housing. They cook for themselves. They raise chickens. I think they just got some ducks out there. So (laughs) So, uh, seeing, (laughs) seeing a college that was just so committed to connecting people to the environment was really, really important for me.
0: And as you go forward with this, how's, what's the job market look like? Are you thinking about that yet? I mean, you're, this is sort of an unfair push. No, You're I, several I years away, but.
1: I mean, I get the same conversation from my parents all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, job market is difficult because education and law are both fields that it's kind of unstable right now. There's a surplus of lawyers, and while environmental law is totally booming right now, who knows where it's going to be five, six years when I get out of school, same thing with environmental education. I mean, it's it would be incredible to be able to do that, but it's also, uh, it depends on the school district that you're in, it depends on the resources available, so it's a little intimidating knowing that what you want to do might not necessarily be open for you in the future. If you had to
0: pick one issue,
1: one issue. to
0: focus on, okay. what would it be? Mm-hmm. you got lots of choices I out
1: there. I have so many choices. Probably impacts of pollution and other environmental degradation on low-income areas.
0: So that gets back to the environmental justice right. and social justice. Right. Yeah, and that then takes in everything you're talking about. It's the economics, it's public health, it's environmental control, the politics, the laws. And that takes a whole sort of, to use the term, ecosystem of different people and different capabilities to deal with. Are you, guys, are you exposed in your studies to a lot of different ways of thinking and a lot of different folks coming at these questions?
1: I absolutely think that I am. I think my background being involved with so many environmental education programs uh, through the Audubon Society has really helped with that because I've had an opportunity to see people who are right in there trying to impact change from the get-go. So you're taking kids, giving them the resources to use later so you don't have to go back and fix it. And then a lot of the professors that I have at Denison have also been involved with um environmental policy issues. So, I mean, one of the upperclassmen classes, the junior seminar, they just went out into a neighboring area for Denison and helped set up a farmer's market for a low-income area, and they did it all themselves. So it's, it's really encouraging to know that if I wanted to get out there and view the politics of things, that I have the resources around me.
0: Yeah. All right. So circling back, you're still going outside and getting dirty. Oh,
1: yeah. Besides,
0: day. what are you doing? What do you like going outside and doing outside of the Audubon stuff?
1: I like biking and rock climbing a lot, which is really funny because I was really afraid of heights for a lot of my yeah. life, but I love doing it now. Um, and then I garden a lot with my mom. So, I mean, just anything that's new, I'll so try it. Where do you go
0: rock climbing? Because yeah, a lot of people, I mean, rock climbing is something people know about. They right. don't always think about it in western Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. a lot of good places.
1: Well, if you're doing outdoor climbing, there are some absolutely beautiful places in Pennsylvania. You can go down to um, Cooper's Rock. And mm-hmm. got, like, Cooper's Rock, Virginia. yeah, in West Virginia. Yeah. They've got, I mean, I know not Western Pennsylvania, but pretty That's close. Right. Yeah. Uh, Allegheny National Forest has some decent bouldering places too. I personally have never gone rock climbing, like setting up the ropes myself yeah. outside, not quite that advanced yet. Also, um, I've been rappelling in Laurel Caverns before, yeah. which is an absolutely incredible experience. And then there are some gyms in Pittsburgh that are also just good places to get started.
0: The climbing wall.
1: Absolutely. The climbing yeah.
0: wall, yeah. yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, Elaine, thank you so much for doing this. Thank
1: you so um, much for having and me. Good
0: luck with the rest of the summer thank and you. with the rest of the education. And we look forward to seeing what you do with that when you come back. Thank you. Thank you. Elena Meth, today's guest. Keep joining us here on Pennsylvania Legacies as we talk with various people doing all this cool stuff and all age groups all backgrounds and all views Pennsylvania Legacies is a production of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. The views expressed by guests and even by the host are not necessarily those of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. Our thanks to Regan Curry, who produces this show for us, and also to Very Tight Recordings and Matt, who provides us with the studio space in Sharpsburg, Pennsylvania. Check him out. It's a great facility if you need recording work. And look for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council at www.pecpa.org. Thanks for listening.